Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. So have you ever wondered what it would be like to be best friends with Oprah Winfrey? Now, we all know that Oprah has Gail, but Oprah also has Maria Shriver. They go back more than 40 years. Their friendship has endured so many of life's big moments. Love, loss, birth, death, divorce, even growing older. I'm about to invite you into a conversation so intimate and reflective It's kind of like you're out to dinner with the two of them as they look back on their friendship and look ahead too. Maria and Oprah both spent their lives listening to others share their stories. And today, kids, we're gonna listen to theirs. I'm Hoda Kotb. Welcome to my podcast, Making Space. Is this starting now? I think so. (laughs) 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 All right. I just want to say that we both love you. Mm. Yeah, because we've never done this before. No, I just had to do it because Hoda asked. Both of us just said yes because it was you. Well, you. You. I'm honored. Look, here's, here's my favorite thing right now. I feel like there's like a lot of friendship in this room. And I'm looking at... Maria, I'm looking at Oprah, and I'm just thinking about, like, how would you, Maria, how would you describe your friendship with Oprah? Oh, my God. Uh, Long. Yeah. (laughs) Long. 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 Yeah, long. Deep. Yeah. The longest? The longest. Over 40 years. Wow. Um, I would describe it as deep, uh, simple, Mm -hmm. low-maintenance, trustful, Mm. loyal, constant, Consistent, honest, tried and true. Wow. Um, let me keep going. I love that. <laughs> Oprah, how about you? How do you describe your, your friendship? Uh, I'd say that there is a spiritual connection. Mm. I'd say the reason I, I first met her in the bathroom um, at WJZ TV early in the morning, I was coming in to do the morning cut ins, and she was. Uh, doing evening magazine and had been up all night, was in the bathroom, literally splashing water on her face. And we started a conversation. And I I forever think that that was like a divine moment that happened because she was one of my true grounded friendships that carried me through my entire career. So I don't have a lot of friends uh, everybody knows Gail, there's Gail, there's Maria, there's Bob. Mm. And that's about it, you know? And Gail and Maria, I met around the same time. Gail and I, 42 years. Maria and I, 42 two years. And I never really expanded that circle until recently. I, you know, I've become friends with a couple of people in my later adult life in the past five years. But 
the thing that got me through all mm. of those years, I would say grounded and the truth. Oh my God, Maria's <laughs> going to tell you the truth no matter damn what. Well, how do, how do you receive it? When Maria tells you, because Maria actually, Oprah, had a real truth telling with me recently and it leveled me, but it was exactly what I needed to hear. But sometimes it's hard to receive it. When she gives you one of those hard truth bombs, Woo! how do you how do in you receive face? it? Yes, no, one of the big no, ones. No. And, and Maria will give it to you in your face and then say, and you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. You already know what I'm saying is true. You know what I'm saying is true. Yes. She does, you know, it, she does, does it right back. She does it. She does it right back. How do you, so how do like, you receive no, it? Uh, yeah. Well, it depends who's giving it to me. Yeah. When she gives it to me, um, I I take it from somebody who has known me, knows me, and wants the best for me. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I receive it without agenda. Mm-hmm. And I receive it yes. because she's telling me out of love. But, you know, she, she has had to hit me over the head mm-hmm. a few times yeah. over the years. Mm. Um, and sometimes that truth has leveled me. Mm. But in my darkest moment, uh, moments. She was right there, sitting right next to me, Mm. holding space. You know, it's so strange. Um, Just about an hour or so ago, I was just looking around online and I, for some reason, I came upon your mom's funeral and I watched your eulogy. Now, if you had told me a few years ago that at the end of my mother's life, she and I would sit in a room and just be, I would have said you were crazy. If you had told me that at the age of 52, I would finally get up the nerve to crawl into bed with my mother, hold her, and tell her that I love her, I would have said you were nuts. And it moved me to my core, especially when you said at 52 years old, you did something you didn't think you could do. You crawled in bed with your mother and said, you said, I love you. And then I looked into the, um, into the congregation and there was Oprah. And I thought, right there, right next to her. Um, how did you support Maria during that time? Well, you do what all friends do. You, you, you just hold the space because you don't know the words. You don't know um, what is going to be the comfort. So you just try with your own presence, be the comfort, and you try to meet the person exactly where they are. Mm-hmm. And both Maria and Gail... Mm-hmm. had these intense relationships with their mothers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Gail would call her mother so many times during the day, I'd say, what could you possibly talk about? <laughs> and Maria and her mother were always, you know, like talking all the time. So I had the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And I used to envy it, like, mm-hmm. wow, I wonder what that would be like. So to be able to stand there in the moment, you know, I could feel many times during the transition mm-hmm. of Eunice Kennedy Shriver, whom I always said, if she had run for president, I would have stopped anything I was doing and worked for her because I believed if she decided she wanted it, she would get it. Mm-hmm. But there were moments even before her passing, like Maria, what I remember the most, I was just telling somebody the other day, this experience that Maria had with her mother in the hospital changed me forever about having an advocate. I don't care who you are, you you should never, ever go to the hospital, spend one hour in the hospital 
without somebody there to advocate for you. Because remember when your mother was sick and she'd gone home and had that infection and then you all came back to the hospital and you couldn't get anybody to respond because it was the mm-hmm. weekend and the doctor was golfing and the da 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 was mm-hmm. happening and <laughs> all of that was going on. As I recall, we thought that that was going to be it. They came in and mm-hmm. priest was there and we thought that was it. And then that Eunice came right out of it. <laughs> <laughs> she did. That was an incredible uh, moment that she, but I can also say that um, when my mother died, which is something that I had like worried about really my whole life, mm-hmm. my mother was sick when I was little. And so kind of her impending passing was always very much in my life. You know, it was like, <clears throat> was this going to happen? So I always thought I'll never be able to survive that. And after um, my mother passed away, um, two weeks later, my uncle passed away. Mm-hmm. And um, Oprah had been at my wedding. She was at my mother's funeral. Mm. And then she called me right after my mother died and said, I'm going to have a gathering mm. for you. We're going to be, call it Team Maria. And we're going to, I'm going to have all the people who love you. They're all going to come to my house and we're just going to have this girls weekend. And I was kind of like, what? What? You know, like, <laughs> I was like, what is she talking about? And I was like, okay, that sounds like nice. This was like three. She goes, it'll cheer you up. It'll be good. And then my uncle died. Mm. And then she's like, I think we should still go ahead with the team. I was like, wait, what? I'm like, and she invited like 20 girls uh, to her house. Mm. She had everybody choose a word about me and she engraved them on rocks. Or oh. They were colored rock, not rocks, but kind of crystal colored stones. And then she put them in this beautiful box and presented it to me and everybody wore the same clothes. And we had lunch and it was just this really sweet, loving, like moment of like, you've got Mm -hmm. a posse, Mm -hmm. you've got a group, Mm -hmm. we're here, Mm -hmm. we love you, Mm -hmm. you're gonna make it through. Oprah, what was your word? Do you remember? I'm so glad. I was just getting ready to tell you that, Hoda, you are the interviewer. Uh, I'm just going to say, and you know what my word was? My word for Maria was cherish because I cherish everything about her. I cherish her frankness. I cherish her directness. I cherish her honesty. I cherish her truth. I cherish her sense of searching for the truth. I cherish her courage. I mean, for me, the word was cherish. I love that. I cherish you. I love that because I didn't feel, I don't feel like in my life I was cherished and uh, pushed, motivated, uh, you know, um, all of these kind of really strong words, but uh, not cherished. And I think that our relationship, you know, what started, as she said, in Baltimore, we're both living in the same um what do you call that? Like not condos, but it was just like apartments. They were like, and she was on the, she was the upstairs and I was in the downstairs <laughs> and she had clothes and furniture. They were called luxury garden apartments, Maria. Okay, luxury, luxury garden, garden apartments. apartments. We were like, and we had a supermarket and we were like it, both working at this thing and we would eat in the supermarket because they had these big French fry kind of potato things. And we had like no social life at all. Although she was on Because all we did was work. Yeah, we just we worked work. at eight. <laughs> and she had, yeah. but she had, you know, kind of furniture and she had clothes and she was like, <laughs> you know, and she would go to church and speak. Wow. And in Baltimore. And I was like, oh my God, 
look at you. You're like speaking in a church and like, this is so huge. You're going to like do something really big. And yeah. I see you in a church or I see you speaking. Yeah. And, and, but she, you know, it was a, it kind of in a funny way, a beautiful time yeah. because it was quiet and it was intimate mm-hmm. and it was, um, kind of real. And those are the moments I think that like when I'm just sitting alone with you and I just come and hang with you or like, that's what I cherish in my friendship when we just sit there and like, can you believe, you know, can you, can you believe that? Or remember (laughs) this? Or can, did you, you know, that kind of stuff, which is just because so few people you can really talk to honestly, honestly, and that you feel safe. And you know that like, when I walk out the door, I know nothing's going anywhere. Yeah. When you guys were young, hanging out together. We're still um, young. And you were, of course you are. (laughs) But how did, did, did people ask you guys out on dates? Were you dating? How, how was that seen during that time in your life? I was already going out with Arnold. So I was 22. And um, so, and you had not, no, you had not met Stedman at that point. Yeah, you were going out. You can take it from here. No, 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 no. I didn't meet Stedman (laughs) until dating. Listen, I was in bad relationships all the time, but Maria is correct. I mean, both of our lives were consumed by working. That was when Maria and I lived within like Mm -hmm. a mile of the television station. And so when you lived that close to the television station, they expected to be able to call on you if mm-hmm. there was, you know, mm-hmm. a four alarm fire or if there was an accident or whatever. You just get out of the bed because you're the closest reporter. And so the bottom line is we worked all the time. We took a lot of abuse that we wouldn't take today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did a lot yeah. of things. That, That's true. And that the truth. Yeah. And um I didn't have a whole lot of time for dating because my life was just really yeah. consumed by Literally, you just go to work and then you get up the next day and start the thing, same whole thing all over again. And I went to church. I was very, very, because when I left home, when I left um, Nashville mm-hmm. in 1976 and came to Baltimore, the last thing my father said and the most uh, imminent thing for him was find a church home. Hmm. You must find a church home, mm-hmm. which is what happens in the African-American community if you're raised in a church culture where mm-hmm. you're going to now leave that city. You need to find whatever mm-hmm. is going to be your church base, mm-hmm. which means basically that you're connecting to a kind of community that you've been familiar with that's going to help support mm-hmm. you, you know, in, 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 if things don't go well or if things mm-hmm. do go well. So I had found my church home and had my one friend, Maria, who lived in the same apartment <laughs> complex. My one friend, Gail, who lived in Chevy Chase. Mm-hmm. So um, and that, that was my life. That was our life. And it kind of to, I would say to Oprah's unbelievable yeah, credit or, you know, that her life, you know, went from there, obviously, mm-hmm. to Chicago mm-hmm. and then all went through all of these kind of changes and mm-hmm. everything. It's still a very core little group. Hmm, isn't that funny? And yeah. which I think is so kind of awesome. And, you know, if I've had a dinner for Oprah's birthday, it's like the same, like she has core. a core thing yep. there. And um, and you feel safe in that core friendship. And it's just when you've like, you know, had somebody who's gone through the birth of all your children with you, yeah. right? Your marriage, your divorce, the death of your parents, 
the death of yourself, the rebirth of yourself, mm-hmm. the evolution of herself, mm-hmm. the change of herself. And um, it's kind of like, if you, you don't think that off, you just step back and you're like, damn, like how blessed am I to have that <laughs> for that length of time, the duration of that time and um, all the laughs and tears and joys and, uh, and not have lost our way. So what do you get for a friend who gives so much to others? Maria on surprising the queen of surprises and the story behind the song, By Thy Grace, that lifted up Oprah during one of her darkest moments. Stay with us. Every parent is a busy parent. There's enough on your plate without piling on your kids' homework. And considering how much teaching methods have changed, most of us are a little rusty anyway. Consider IXL, an excellent resource for homework that can make a huge impact on your child's ability to learn. Backed by research, kids using IXL are actually scoring higher on their tests. Our techniques help them master topics in a fun way, complete with positive feedback. We're seeing improvements all across the country as IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. And IXL is also very affordable. One month of IXL costs less than the typical hour of tutoring. On just one website, IXL covers all the kids in your home from pre-K to 12th grade. Sign up today to get 20% off your membership at IXL. IXL.com slash H-O-D-A. That's IXL.com slash H-O-D-A. There was a moment you told me, Maria, about you and Oprah that still to this day touches me. And we were in the makeup room, Oprah Maria, and she said there's a, there's one single song that she said soothed her. Uh, and so this is, I think you'll oh. be able to hear. Hold on it. It's by thy grace that I see. It's by thy grace that I see. It's by thy grace. Wow. Oh, this is the best story on the, earth. So on again, earth. Wait, on I, earth. I am so excited because just, just so you know, she played that song for me. We had an eye lock, Maria and I, I was crying. Like I felt it and I got chills all over my body. And she said, I'm going to tell you a story about this song. Will you, yeah. will you, no, t- you, you, Oprah, her, you, you tell you it. You tell it and then I'll interrupt you. No, Maria, you tell it. I'll t- Will you tell your version? Yeah, you tell, tell your version. Okay, my okay. version is, um, so she was having a birthday. Yep. She had a very small group of uh, girlfriends mm-hmm. uh, in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. She just kind of built her place in Hawaii. And um, she was having, uh, it was mm-hmm. at the beginning of OWN, which mm-hmm. was a rough period. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so we're sitting- Not here. just rough. Every newspaper, everybody yeah. was saying, you should have kept your day job, the struggling mm-hmm. OWN. What would you leave the Oprah show for? It's, it's disaster. It's about it just one story after another story after another story. And news people would sit up and, you know, joke about it. It was Shorten Freud at its greatest. 
You know, it was Mm -hmm. really a bad time for me. So go ahead. Really a bad time. She was kind of being raked over the coals publicly and everything, and she was really hurting. So we went to Hawaii and we were sitting in the dining room and the Sonatum Quorum came on and she and I both started like singing to the song. And I was like, how do you know that song? She's like, how do you know that song? And I was like, oh my God, that song has helped me through. And this was after I had just gotten separated. And she's like, oh, that song is helping me. And so we started then talking about this song and the singer. And she was like, you know, and Oprah's the kind of person that if she's throwing something for you, she will go, she'll find out your favorite musician. She'll find out your favorite cake, your favorite people, your and do all this sort of stuff. And it doesn't often come back that Mm -hmm. way, right? Because she's not organizing her own birthday, right? So I got up from the table and I was like, can you imagine, like if she, if this had been my thing, she would have gotten that woman (laughs) to come and sing for me. No, no, no. Can I interrupt? Can I interrupt? Yeah. Can I interrupt? Yeah. I actually said, I actually said to you, oh my God, I thought to have her here. And then I thought, nah, it's just my birthday. (laughs) But if I were doing this for you, yeah. Mm-hmm. If I'd have known you really liked her, I would have I would have done it for you. Yeah. But I I I didn't I didn't think I could do it for myself. Okay. I didn't think exactly. I could do it for okay. myself. I said, so, Oh my God, I love her so much. Yeah. I thought to do it for myself. And then I thought, no. Nah. Yeah. But if yeah. it was so your birthday, you, I would have done that it. That tells you it tells something you about her. It does, right? Anyway. There. <laughs> so yeah. we started making calls. I started going to try to find her. Yeah. Right. I thought to myself, she's in California. I know right. she lives in California somewhere, but I didn't know her. Yeah. I don't know anything about. So I called the guy that who had introduced the yeah. music to me. Do you know her? Do you anyway? Long story short, by the next morning, this other woman who was at the party, we find this singer. Turns out she's a mile down the road. Oh, my God. So we call her, <laughs> uh-huh. and she's doing some concert or something. Right. So we said, look, it, you have to come over. In Paia. She's doing yeah. a concert in Paia. Yeah. Okay, yep. in Paia. 30 uh, minutes from my house. 30 yeah. minutes from okay. her house, okay? What are the chances the of that? The odds. Yeah. None. Zero. <laughs> so we get her. We convince her to come over because mm-hmm. every evening, like right before dinner, we sit on the porch uh-huh. and we look for what Oprah calls his God moments, right? Mm-hmm. There you call the God moments where we look out at the, the yes. ocean mm-hmm. and everything. We have a little cocktail mm-hmm. there on the porch. And so we had worked it out that we would be sitting there and then we'd have a little toast and you would hear, there were producers, like I was originally a Did producer. Did Oprah know about anything? No, she didn't know anything. You had no idea this was no, happening. Nothing, okay, this is nothing, good. Right? Yes. So we're like, I'm like, okay, well, we'll start with this yeah. toast yeah. and then the music will yeah. start and she'll think the music is on the, you know, house radio. Right. And then you dressed in your white thing, you'll come down the steps oh. and it'll be just this moment. I have goosebumps. <laughs> and so we go out onto the porch, we have our cocktails, I'm sitting in the rocking chair next to her. We're looking, I'm like, wow, look at this like ocean. It's beautiful. beautiful. And she's still kind of like, hmm, you know, <laughs> like not in a great mood or whatever. <laughs> and then we're like, look, look at the sunset. All of a sudden you hear this music. Oh gosh. Start to come on. And she's like, hmm. And so she starts to hear the music and I'm holding her hand. We're like looking at the thing. Hmm. And all of a sudden, <laughs> right? You take it from here. No. So I'm no. thinking it's the speaker. <laughs> Somebody's playing the music yeah. Yeah. on the speaker. Yeah. And then I turn and Sonatum Kaur <laughs> is walking down the stairs of the porch because she was on the upstairs balcony. Yeah. She is walking down the stairs of the porch. And it was the most out of body, 
surreal. I think tears literally shot out of my eyes because I couldn't, I couldn't connect that. There she yesterday, I at the, like it was midnight. We were at the table. Yeah, midnight. We were at the table with me saying, you know. If I'd have known you really liked her, I would have made sure that she was here. But I didn't think, you know, I'd do it for my own birthday. And she's now on my wow. front porch <laughs> for sunset cocktails. Wow. Singing, if by thy grace I sing your holy name. Is that a moment or what? That's a moment. It's That's a the moment. best moment. It was really one of those kind of, for me, once in a lifetime moments. It also was like, you know, that she wouldn't do something for herself that she would do yeah. for other people. Yeah. And it was really a God moment. And as God is my judge, stuff started to turn around after that. Is that right, Oprah? Yeah, 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 I would say. Yeah. That was the moment for me because if something that miraculous can happen, if something that close to be, that was pure alignment. The fact that the music comes on when it yeah. comes on, we're sitting at the table, I'm humming it, and Maria goes, how do you know that song? I go, how mm -hmm. do you know that song? Yeah. And, and in less than 24 hours, that person is on your front porch. Is I, I just thought, okay, God is with me. Mm, yeah. uh, it's still possible to be aligned. It's still possible. And so I started to shift the idea of this struggling network to what an awesome thing to be able to have a network in your name. Mm, yeah. And what a great opportunity to be able to say something whatever that th that is you want to share with the public in a way that, you know, represents you and stop looking at it as this God awful, oh, mm -hmm. I made a mistake and being defined by other people's idea right. of, of, of it. So, and that moment, by thy grace, I sing your holy name. Oh. Whew, that yeah. was it. It was so by, beautiful. By the way, I've since fallen in love with that song deeply, and it is also the song that goes off at 3.15 in the morning. Oh. That's my wake up, oh, by thy grace. Way. Yeah, it's the best wake up, because you gently, yeah. gently wake up. Um, how do you, when when you have an on-your-knees moment, which sounds like the own, that, that beginning part was, was that the lowest that you'd seen Oprah, Maria? By that time, Oprah you know, was a big public figure. Mm -hmm. yeah. So this was a big, you know, public, um, you know. Uh, humiliation for me. Yeah, it was a humiliation for her. And I knew she was taking it itself. She had just come off of the show. That had been a really big moment, right? And she was just getting, you know, knocked around. And like, who starts a network? No, you know, yeah. how people don't give you any grace space. They don't mm -hmm. hold space for you mm -hmm. to get it right, right? Mm -hmm. They didn't mm -hmm. give her any space. Uh, they just expected her to go from the Oprah Winfrey show into, you know, a network that was all humming and doing mm -hmm. and, you know, that was from nothing, but would be there 24 hours with perfect programming. They didn't give her any time. time. Yeah. And um, so I think that it was, you know, a moment where she had to, in a way, go back to her grit yep. that built, you know, her career. And mm. people forget that. They just saw her as Oprah Winfrey. Right. But, you know, the other thing, uh, Hoda and Maria, the other thing was, it was a big learning lesson for me. And by thy grace, and the fact it was that song and all that that meant and that my friend, Maria and all the other women at the table had 
had the thought at midnight to try to find mm-hmm. her. All, all of that energetically came into play with being able to switch my head around. And because prior to that night, prior to that moment, which was like the last moment of the evening, we had been at the table. And I remember laying my head down on the table, Maria, and just sobbing. Yeah. Remember yeah. that? Uh, yeah. Sobbing yeah, saying, oh, gee, I think I've made the you know worst mistake. And why did I do it? And blah, blah, blah. And so to go from that moment sobbing on the table with my friends to the next day, by thy grace, uh, showing up was really transformative mm-hmm. for me. It was healing. It's exactly what you want mm. your friends to be there mm. to do. Number one, you want your friends to stand in the gap for you and to mm-hmm. say, you are not whatever definition you're using to define yourself. Mm-hmm. So part of the problem in that moment was that I had been so accustomed to succeeding that the idea of not succeeding felt like I personally failed, mm. not like the network failed. And I later realized as I talked to lots of businessmen who would buy companies and sell companies and do ventures and lose on this thing and gain mm-hmm. on that thing, that men don't look at it the same way. They, mm-hmm. This is a business that I started and this business works. It's great. If it doesn't, then I move on to the next. Right. And I was taking it so personally, like this personally means that I have failed because I am listening to, you know, all the naysayers and all of the schadenfreude. But that moment um, with my friends led by Maria, Mm -hmm. by thy grace, Mm -hmm. uh, is is what started to turn me around. You know, it's not like Oprah became Oprah. Like there's grit. There's all-nighters. There's Nashville, there's Baltimore, there's, you know, sitting across keys, there's working the way up, there's being yelled at, there's being told you're, you know, to this, to that, to Mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, Yelled at, there's being harassed, there's being, you know, all kinds of looking the other way in order to get ahead. I mean, I think we both came up at a time where there were aggressions and microaggressions all the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. But you knew that if you were to complain about it or say anything about it, you would just be out. It would be over. There was no recourse. Yeah. And understanding that, that you just keep, keep your head up and keep mm-hmm. going. Keep your head up and keep going. When we come back, Oprah and Maria on why they feel it is the little moments in life that have the biggest impact on their friendship. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen, remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
people seek both of you out for advice. I know that I do, and I know that people do, whether it's on a podcast or just in person. I know everyone's on your IG Live, Maria. Everyone, anytime Oprah says anything, everyone wants to lean in. Are you still learning? Like, what's the most recent kind of revelation or life lesson you've learned um, at this stage in the game? I'll start with Maria. Well, that I'm continuing to grow and continuing to change and evolve. I think that, to me, if I think back you know, 20, 30 years, I thought I'd be cooked by this time. Yeah. Or I thought I'd like, you know, <laughs> knew everything there was to to know. And I feel lighter. I feel freer. I feel more alive. I, I am surprised by that. Hmm. I am surprised uh, by how awake in my own life I feel. Oh. So that to me is, uh, is a godsend. It's a miracle, actually. And um, so I think that that's something I never thought about. Mm-hmm. Oprah, what about you? The thing that's that 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 I love most about my life is the sense of uh, gratitude and appreciation. I mean, I never, for one day, actually, have lost the the sense memory of being raised in dire circumstances. I remember one night um, here, the frogs were so loud that I actually. I could hear them through the doorway and I went out on the balcony and I was like, wow, this sounds just like Mississippi. You know, it sounds like being on my grandmother's porch in Mississippi. And then I just thought, well, it certainly is. a. The frogs may sound the same, but the, the life from M- Mississippi to Montecito mm-hmm. is just like an, an, an light years in, in, in difference. But I am constantly reminded of, I mean, the last time Maria was here, we were walking around um, and we just took a, took a walk around. I think it was a socially distanced walk <laughs> at the time. Yeah. And we were just talking about our lives and the fact that everything that has happened to me, I actually earned it. So we were talking, I think, about imposter syndrome. I was telling her about some people say they have imposter syndrome. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is Mm -hmm. because everything that I have gotten, Mm -hmm. I actually, I I work for it. I earned it. And, you know, I live in this beautiful space surrounded by trees that I love Mm -hmm. um, and have been able to create this life, but have never once forgotten the life that I came from in order Mm -hmm. to get to here. Mm -hmm. And so there's a sense of contentment and, and peace that comes with that, that actually, I don't think I'm surprised, as surprised by it as this, I'm just so pleased. Mm-hmm. I'm just so pleased to be in a space where I'm no longer having to make decisions that please other people mm. and don't please you. That is freeing. Yeah. That's got to be freeing. And I think the other thing that if I do say so myself, that we've done well um, is I think sometimes if you're friends with somebody really well-known, then other people come to, can you do this? Can you get so-and-so yeah. to do that? Could you get so-and-so yeah. to do yeah. that? Could you? And I, from the very beginning, like she was off limits. Huh. Period. 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 To right. everybody and every, even in my own family. Wow. So if my brothers wanted to like <laughs> go to her and they found a way around me yeah. on their own. Which they do <laughs> and have. <laughs> but, you know, this is devoid of anything else. It's like I protect it. It's, uh, you know, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, and that has been a challenge at times where people are like, oh, could you just please, could yeah. you just ask? Oh, you could do. 
And um, if we've ever done things for each other and with each other, it's from us uh, to the other. And I think that that's kind of been a big part, I think, of safeguarding this relationship, Mm -hmm. or at least in my mind. Yeah, I would say so too. Yeah. Same here. I mean, people would try to get me to get something to you or a member of your family. Yeah. And I just mm-hmm. go, I don't play that. I, I, <laughs> I don't play don't that. that. Yeah. I don't, what? Last time I well, last time I saw Oprah was like <laughs> actually like two weeks ago because yeah. I was up there. And she she was like, I said something like we were talking about her having earned this. And I said to her, mm-hmm. You've also earned the mm-hmm. right to rest. You've also earned yes. the right to rest. Yes. And I, I, and you know, I remember you looked at me kind of like, what? I was like, you've earned, you know, whatever you do now, yeah. you know, should come from a place of total desire and whatever, because you have earned not only yes. this place that you've built. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. You know, I think women don't do that. What? I think women in particular don't do that. Yeah. Women don't give themselves the right to rest. Yes. I remember, uh, yes, I was working with this meditation therapist uh, when I was doing tour last year, just before COVID hit hard. And we would do this big meditation in the arenas. And whenever he would say to the audience, you deserve rest, mm. you could see tears flowing wow. out of yeah. women's eyes. Yeah. Men don't cry when they're told you deserve rest, but women start to weep because the very notion that you can give yourself permission to rest is a foreign concept yeah. to so many women. So the fact that Maria was reminding me of that on my own doorstep, I was like, what? Oh yeah, okay, thank you so much. And the oh, fact that when you talk about your own mom who was like, you gotta go, go, go. What's yeah. the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? I mean, rest, vacation, relaxing was not part of the plan, wasn't part of the routine. No, it wasn't yeah. allowed. And I, and that's another thing that I've always said when I have gone to visit Oprah, when I went, um, mm-hmm. she would, you know, it was, this sounds so kind of silly, but she like would say like, oh, here's a cup of coffee I made for you. Mm-hmm. And, I brought the coffee and paper to your door. And I was gonna, I'm gonna cry. It was so, um, moving to me because I didn't, that's not how I grew up. You know, nobody brought a cup of coffee or a cup of water to me. And she, in a funny way, even though I had a very close relationship with my mother, I wasn't nurtured, mothered in that way, right? And she wasn't mothered in her own way. But I think in a way we have mothered each other and when I turned 60, I'd just gotten, you know, separated. I was in a bag. She's like, I'm going to give you a party. <laughs> when I was living in a hotel, she's going to, I'm going to come and sit in the room next to you. <laughs> uh, I'm going to bring you the coffee. I'm going to, these kind of, you know, little moments in our lives, I think at the end of the day are what, you know, I grew up on a, in a big family and a big life. But when I close my eyes, it's the little moments. It's you having dinner with me. It's her bringing the coffee. It's having a laugh. I think we're all pushed to have these big, big moments. But I think it's the little moments that people don't, aren't pushed to have that really are the transforming moments. But, and also for me, you know, when you're asking that original question about words that describe the friendship, the thing that 
grounds me in my friendship relationship and cherishing uh, <laughs> Maria is that she really sees me. Mm. And she and she tries to do that with everybody. I know you feel that uh-huh. in your relationship with her. I know her children feel that. And that when she sees you, she I mean, she really makes an effort to really get you. Mm-hmm. And when you're in her presence, you feel like you're the most important person. And that is a real life skill to do that with people so that everybody thinks that that they are your favorite friend, you know? <laughs> And that's what you do so well. That's one of the reasons why I cherish you so much. Oh, my God. I love you. Thank you. And yes, and when you went through that whole phase of like, I'm calling people and I'm telling them that I love them, I'm going to say that out loud. That's because you've gone through a period where you'd lost so many people. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes Hoda, she'll just go, checking in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. One, yeah. one of my favorite yeah. texts. Yeah. She's like, she's like, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. I was just type buddy check. Where are we? How are we? You it's know? one of my favorite yeah. texts to yeah. ever get is that one. Are you buddy okay? Check. Are you buddy okay? check. Yes. What were you, what, you were I was going to say this really funny story that I had over. It always makes me laugh. I was on her show uh-huh. and I was... Uh, I had a children's book out. I think it was either about death or Alzheimer's. I write always about some disastrous <laughs> part of life. It's just always, my brother was like, could you write something other than like death, divorce, men, you know, whatever. But I was talking to, she was interviewing me and it was a very quiet moment in the studio and people were emotionally having a moment. I think yeah. it was about Alzheimer's or it was about death or something. And I was like, so you have this, so that right away now we need to get going. We need to like get involved and change the world. And Oprah was like, just give the people a moment. Like I just calm the F down. Just like let the people cry. We're going to commercial. Then it's doing the commercial. It's like let the people have a moment. Let them cry. Let them emote. Don't give them an assignment. And I was like, oh, oh. I got it. Yeah. Maria comes from the kind of family. No, no matter who you are, you know you're not doing enough in the world. <laughs> so, so you come and you sit at the table and and Sarge wants to know, what have you done lately? What are you working on? What are you working on next? What are you working on after that? Maria, you told this story once about uh talking about a friend who'd gone on a vacation and had yeah. decided what was it? They were going to take a leave of absence or something. No, they was that the one where they were taking a honeymoon with themselves? Was it that? Yes, a honeymoon with themselves. And what happened? Yeah. My father said, I was like, this friend of mine said, I just had this honeymoon with myself. And I was like, wow, (laughs) you imagine that? So I was like, I think I should do that. have a honeymoon with myself. That's the most ridiculous, (laughs) selfish comment I've ever heard. That's what your dad said? Yeah, he's like, outrageous. (laughs) Don't ever think like that. I was like, okay, all right, I won't, I won't, I won't. But they were like that with, you know, they would be like, because when I brought Oprah over to the house for dinner, you know, when we were in Baltimore, they're like, what's your friend doing now? Where is she going? Does she have a TV show? Get the people on the TV show. Do have her do something. She should have a TV show. And she was on a TV show with this uh, other guy and she was like the sidekick, right, you know? Right. And I was like, she doesn't really have any power on the TV show. So she can't have a special Olympic athlete on the TV show. Man. Like, okay, guys, what was the most difficult thing you had to let go of in your life? Most difficult thing. You go first. Ooh, Maria, I'll let you take that, babe. Most difficult thing I had to... Um, probably my marriage. Yeah, or my vision of whatever I thought my marriage was. Mm. Yeah. I have a lot of things. 
I think I had to let go of this notion that I could make everybody happy, that I could please everybody, that I was going to be the kind of person that everybody was going to actually like. I think coming to terms with the fact that you are never going to please everybody and you can't be who you are in the world without accepting the fact that there are going to be some people who, no matter how, you know, character-driven you think you are, no matter how centered of a moral compass you think that you have, that there are people like, I can't stand her. Mm -hmm. I really don't like her. You know what I mean? So I think letting go of the notion that you're never going to please everybody. And does that still hurt or not so much anymore? Not so much. Listen, 67 things hurt less. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's the best thing about being this age? Wow. I I think there's a lot of... uh, great things about, I remember Oprah, you telling me like, when you turn 60, you're going to, people are going to start treating you different. I was like, no, no, they're not. Well, when, but I started, I think slowly in my sixties have started treating myself differently and started to be kinder to myself. And as I said, I feel uh, lighter to the point of like, um, you know, I'm, uh, I think a lot of my life I spent kind of living to please my parents Mm -hmm. Um, and please others, like she's saying. And now I'm really clear about, I want to spend my time doing what I love with the people that I love. And um, And having more fun. And Mm -hmm. having more fun. Mm -hmm. I want to travel Mm -hmm. um, with people that I Mm -hmm. love. I don't Mm -hmm. want to travel by myself. I know some people like that and I don't like that. Um, But I want to experience joy and Mm -hmm. happiness and connection and deep connection. And I'm able to do that now. My kids are cooked. Yeah. Um, I'm single. I'm free. I'm um, my own boss in so many ways. I'm finally the boss of me. (laughs) (laughs) Finally the boss of me. I love that. (laughs) Oprah, what about for you? What's the best The best thing about... How would I, you want to get to this point because you have nothing else to prove. Mm. It's just like Maria said, there's nothing to prove. Anything you do, you choose to do it because it's going to bring you pleasure, meaning, enjoyment, uh, fulfill some kind of purpose that you want or desire, mm-hmm. but you have nothing to prove. Mm nothing to prove because you already proved it man y'all this was beautiful we love i love you i love you both thank you guys thanks for making space for us yeah oh. thanks for holding space for us anytime love let's you guys let's go on a trip yeah. let's go have some fun i'm ready to go <laughs> let's do it let's do it that i see is by thy grace that i see is by thy grace Hey guys, thanks so much for listening and going on this journey with me. If you like what you've heard, and I sure hope you do, please give Making Space a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to tell your friends and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. Making Space with Hoda Kotb is produced by Allison Berger and Ursula Summer, along with associate producer Olivia Rouchard and audio engineer Bob Mallory. Original music by John Estes. Bryson Barnes is our technical director. Minna Kathoria is our executive producer. Soraya Gage is our general manager. And Madeline Herringer is our head of editorial.
Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Yeah. The charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh-oh. Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.